Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Ag, Fe- Ag PhD Field Day. That is Thursday, July 25th, so just two weeks from this Thursday. We'd love to have you there. It is a free event. We put it on every year on our farm. Just to say thanks to you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching us on Ag PhD TV. We're also going to get to your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag, talk about some agronomic things that are going on right now, and we'd love to take your phone call. If you've got any call, any questions for us, our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or, of course, if there's anything you'd like to talk about that's going on in your farm, we'd love to visit with you. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. We are broadcasting today from the Morton studio. Uh, I've been out doing some traveling, and Darren, the crop doesn't look very good. <laughs> That's no surprise. <laughs> well, You know, I, I will say this, though. I, I think in some areas, the crop that did get in is starting to look a little bit better, but... Boy, it's really uneven across a lot of fields that got in, and that's what yeah. we get uh, for most of the feedback. I'd say is, you know, it looks good from the road, but if you fly a drone over it or fly a plane over it, you'll notice how many spots out there are really tough. Now, here's the number one thing that I wanted to talk about today. Okay, acres are down, and we know that the USDA, for example, here in the United States is way off. I mean, those guys don't have any clue, in my opinion, how far down that number needs to be right now because the last number they came out with was ludicrous. But anyway, we know acres are down, but let's talk about the acres that actually did get planted. There's probably 20% that's not good, all right? But there is probably 80% that's pretty good. In fact, I'd say half the crop in the United States for sure and in Canada is really good and crop prices are up already and they're going to go up more in my opinion. So that's those are the acres that I think we've really got to focus on. And it's it's very easy to say, oh, we had a bad year, stuff got in late, stuff doesn't look good or as good as it normally should look, and it's not fence row to fence row where it looks great. So what? Let's take the top acres and address those. So on our farm, for example, I told our guys, on corn, like we're going to do a pre-tassel treatment here. We're going to put on fungicide, insecticides, some foliar fertilizer, some biologicals, and do all that stuff. And I said, you know, on on our acres that we got planted, it's about 85% that I want to do that on. And then when we get to R1, so our full tassel, you know, silking kind of application, I, I said the top 50%. Okay, let's at least take the top 50% there. And so your farm, I mean, is going to be unique to our farm. Maybe 100% of your stuff looks great. Maybe it's 20% of your stuff looks great. But my point today is this. Don't worry about all the bad acres. What I'm saying is invest some dollars in the good acres because on the good acres, you want to make those as good as they can possibly be because that crop's worth some money. And just take a look at anything you can invest money in. If you can get a good return on it, why not do it? Absolutely. And you think about this crop and how fast it's growing. If you've got some things that your crop is responsive to and you know they're responsive, the crop is responsive to it, I don't know that you're going to get a better response than you will out of this year. So the crop is just hungry for some of these things. And that's one thing too, Brian, that we've really noticed as we travel around. The crop is hungry and we're seeing lots of nutrient deficiencies this year, lots of things, you know, with the fertility program that didn't go as planned, much like everything else this year. 
And some of the nutrients either got put on late and just aren't ready yet. Uh, I know uh, just talking with a guy that put on some K-Mag and he said, man, I haven't even seen it show up in the plant yet. Well, you got to have moisture to break those pellets down and, and push things into the plant. So it takes a little bit of time for that to happen. But, you know, then with some of the leachable nutrients, I've seen more guys that are running really short in sulfur this year, seeing boron levels just all over the board. Uh, it's it's just one of those things that we really strongly encourage you. Do some plant tissue testing throughout the season. We do it once a week on our farm. You can figure out what's right for you. Some guys say, well, we do it every 10 days or we do it every two weeks. No, we- no, 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 no. Don't figure out what's right for you. Just do it every week and do it on fewer spots. That's what's right. If you If you want to go 10 days or two weeks you're starting to get a lot less data. And that's the whole problem with tissue testing and why a lot of people have said, oh, tissue testing doesn't work because they take one or two samples. And on any given day, your crop might look phenomenal or it might look horrible. We don't care about that as much as we do about how are we doing overall. If every test comes out ridiculously low, then okay, we don't have to be real smart to figure out our fertility plan was rotten this year. We got to do a better job. Or if nine out of 10 comes out phenomenal on a particular nutrient, we go, okay, maybe I just need some tiny little tweak with that. But overall, I'm doing great. Well, you just don't know unless you're out there testing. And, right. and it's pretty easy to do. It doesn't take a lot of time to get a sample pulled. And uh, it's it's a simple thing. It doesn't cost much money. You can see, well, hey, here's where I'm at on my nutrients. Now, the question that we're getting from a lot of – there's so many guys that are getting started into this this year. And last year was another big year where a lot of guys got started. And, and the questions we're getting are, well, what nutrient level should I be at – you know, that's a great question. It's nice to look at soil samples to go with those plant tissue tests to see, okay, where am I at in my soil test levels and am I at the nutrient levels that we need? We know this really well on the soils. We know where we need to be in a lot of nutrients. We talk about it all the time about, hey, we want to be at at least 4% base saturation K. Well, why? When we get samples in from guys with heavy ground that are way short in potassium on the tissue tests and they say, man, I'm high on my tissue tests or on my soil tests, we say, send those soil tests to us. And almost invariably, Brian, it's 1% or 2% base saturation potassium, and they're wondering why they're short in crop. This is how you know for sure if we're just full of it or if we're telling you some good information. Do the testing on your farm. You're going to see the same things that we saw. We've been down that road. We know that we've got to be at least at 4% if we're going to keep up throughout the season. And the higher we are, generally the better we are in our corn and soybeans. But the whole thing is without data, it's hard to make good decisions. And that's all we're saying. At least get some good data. I'd rather have you get great data on a few acres than lousy data on lots of acres. Let's do a great job, at least on a few acres, so you really know what should you be doing going forward with your fertility plan. Because fertilizer is expensive. We don't want to waste those dollars. We're going to show you a lot of those kinds of concepts, too, that we're talking about at the Ag PhD Field Day. It's coming up Thursday, July 25th. You can find more details at agphd.com. Stay tuned. Ideal for herbicide applications, the Ultra Low Drift Large Air Inducted Droplets were designed to eliminate driftable fines without sacrificing coverage. Its thick three-dimensional pattern creates multiple angles for the spray to cover the target. Hypro, helping you spray better. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? The Soil Warrior can reduce trips across the field, optimize nutrient placement, and improve soil health. So you can lower production costs without losing yield. See what makes the Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. 
When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, the system that makes the difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. Featuring Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology to manage tough-to-control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field-proven performance of Roundup Ready-to-Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state. You got in the field. Well done. That wasn't an easy task this year. Now give your corn everything it needs to get the job done this season. At Side Dress, adding agro-liquid nutrients to your nitrogen can economically and efficiently boost potential. It's not too late to supply the nitrogen, potassium, sulfur, and boron your corn needs to reach top yields. We can help you develop a successful nutrition program for your corn. To learn more, visit agroliquid.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, we're giving you a little preview of what's coming up at the Ag PhD Field Day. I know one of the guys that everybody likes to see at the Field Day has been Dave Hula, the world record corn grower. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So what does your corn crop look like this year? Well, before I get into that, Darren, um, remember a couple of years ago you came out to the Ag Expo that yes. was hosted at Air Farm? Yes. Um, well, we need to realize how precious life is. Uh, the manager of that, John Smith, who puts that on, and, you know, in Virginia we have about 2,000 rowers attend airfield, or that field day, where you all get about 10,000. But, well, he, he passed away on July 4th, and we laid him to rest today. And, you know, it's people like that and like y'all and your staff that put on these events. So we as growers can share information, learn from each other, and, you know, take that back to our operation. But I just wanted to uh, put a shout-out to John Smith and his family in their time of loss because, you know, he's touched a lot of people, and just like y'all have with the ag community. So thank you for that. But in reference to air crops, we just got some rain today, which – uh, the last real measurable rain was June 14th, so we've been dry. Now, one thing that lends itself well to dry, if you got irrigated, what are we getting a lot of? Sunlight, Sunlight. you bet. Yeah, so irrigated corn's doing pretty good. Dry land corn struggled, but, you know, we're, we haven't given up on it yet. So, you know, that's in a what... nutshell, and... One of the things, Dave, I want to point out, since you're saying that with the with just how you guys have struggled a little bit this year, 
is so often we we talk to farmers around the country and they're like, man, how are these guys getting such high yields? That Dave Hula, he must have the greatest dirt in the whole world on his farm. Well, I've been to that farm. It's not the greatest dirt. Uh, it's a really great manager who's working his tail off to, to get these things to work. So I know you're working your tail off this summer. What are you struggling with this year? Is it a nutrient? Is it weed control? What What's the toughest challenge? Well, well, I guess we we've been struggling mostly because of the heat. We've had we've you know I don't mind it being hot during the day. It's just we've been seventies to mid seventies to upper seventies at nighttime. So just trying to keep the irrigated corn comfortable and nutritionally fed, so it doesn't want to start tipping back. So we've done some intensive irrigation. We've done a lot of fertility management, PGRs, and uh, humic acids, and you know, I think we're doing all their part. If if we can just get the good Lord to help us finish it, so we don't lose what we what we protected, and that'll be good. Now on dry land, you know, we've the crop looked good the first part of June, and then the rains just shut off. So uh, we felt like we got it to a good point. Now we just need to, um, with this rain, take advantage of what we have just to make the crop and. And possibly finish it out. So we're so we're doing our part. At least I'd like to think so. You know, on the irrigated, there there are some advantages there besides just the water having a delivery system to to put fertility inputs out there. For example, in season is sure nice. You know, that's one of the things at the Ag PhD Field Day when when you first started coming here, Dave, and we were all dry land before we had a little bit of irrigated for you to work with. Uh, that was one of the things that, that you said, man, if you guys could just get some water out there, we could get some nutrients in there. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, last year, I think, what, we broke 300 bushels for the first time. Yes, and you did. Dry land dry and irrigated. Land. Yeah. So that that was exciting. Well, that goes to show you you had plenty of moisture. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, people just think, well, we just plant it thicker, put more nitrogen on it. Well, it's not just nitrogen. It's trying to keep the plant nutritionally balanced and then disease and insect-free. So the plant really, you don't want it to have a bad day when you have those opportunities to control your variables. And that's something that growers, you know, as they attend your field day and they start listening to you know, some of the leaders in the field like Randy Dowdy or Kevin Cobb or Chad Henderson or Matt Miles, you know, they'll be able to pick some of those things up and say, okay, well, yeah, it's not just N, P, and K. Um, so, yeah, I hope that's what they'll glean from the field day as we're out there trying to share our wisdom. You know, the other thing, too, Dave, is planting population. And a lot of guys think, well, man, I just need to bump my population up to 40,000. That's going to be the trick. But you're getting so much more yield per thousand plants in the field. I, I can't remember exactly what you had where you had the 300 bushel corn, but I wanted to say it was 34, 35,000 population. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't tremendously high. And yet you still got 300 yeah. bushel. Yeah. Um, growers have a tendency because the equipment – it's gotten so easy where we can dial their population up. You know, before when we had to get out and change, you know, change some chains to sprockets and stuff, it, you know, growers weren't as in tune to change population. Now it's so easy and they think, well, if I just bump my population up, I'm going to pick more bushels. But as I have the opportunity to talk with a lot of growers, that's just one thing. They don't improve their fertility management. They may not improve their disease management or pest management. And then, two, 
if they're not getting somewhere 10 to 11 bushels per thousand plant, population is not their limiting factor. And if you start, particularly the irrigated guys, if they push their population up, I would bet more money that their yields are not going to go up because they're not going to be able to finish that crop. Because it, it's difficult to finish a high populated crop. So, you know, I think there's other things that they need to look at before they start thinking population. How about maturities, Dave? Because I think this is one of the things that I had taken away, too, that you weren't like, oh, i got to have 130-day corn or something like that. You can can still get all kinds of yield out of a 110- or 12-day corn. Well, I do. There for a while, I thought it was longer season corn had the higher yield potential. And, you know, we were looking at 100 and. 16 to 121 day and then um randy dowdy when he took um it was a decab 112 day when he broke uh, a high yield with that it's like okay now i need to start looking at some of these other these hybrids and then you know we've had uh pioneer 1197 which you know we picked over you know we've picked some pretty high yields with that and you know it's 111 day so the hybrids you just got to want to find the hybrids that fit in your environment and then you need to study them and understand what they look for and how they fill out grain and you know what is your temperatures later on in the season trying to improve test weight or grain fill so some growers can get by with a lot lower populations as i mean a lot earlier maturing hybrid than what they think these high yields because what Don Stahl up in Michigan, what he had, um, 0574, finally 105 days, picked four, over 450 bushel corn. So there is great yield potential, and you know, we've harvested some of the hefty corns that have done extremely well. So, you know, y'all, every company's got some good hybrids, but you just got to find the ones that fit you and don't just get stuck on that. Late season has to be. The late season is the only ones that are going to give you high yield because that's not the case. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think this year when a lot of farmers were starting to plant earlier ones than they were normally used to, they thought, oh, I'm going to give up so much yield. But, wow, we've planted some June corn in the last uh, four years and had really good results with that, even with the early day stuff. So I agree with you. There's a, a lot of potential in yeah. this corn that we've got. Well, Dave, really looking well, I, forward to Go ahead. Yeah, well, well, I challenged my son uh, last year. I said, well, think of some things to do to help us generate some revenue. And, you know, he, we're raising cucumbers for the first time. But one thing that he did think about was in our environment, can we plant two crops of corn in the same year? So we got a 76-day hybrid out there that we're going to start shelling next week. And then we're going to try to follow that up with like a 102- or 7-day hybrid to come back. So... The goal is not can we get 400 bushel, but can we use the same land, get two crops off it, to where if we can, and I think we'll pick 220 bushel corn with that 76-day hybrid. So <laughs> the potential is there. And who would have thought? You know? I know. it. That's That will be crazy. Well, hey, Dave, uh, we'll see you here coming up at the Ag PhD Field Day later this month. Really appreciate having you on today. Thank you, and, uh, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, look forward to it. Stay tuned. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. No one has to explain stress to a farmer. That's like explaining a missed forecast to a weatherman. 
Now, Mother Nature stresses soybeans the way markets, bankers, and politics can stress you. But there's a proven way to reduce stress. With Preaxor fungicide, you'll see the difference. It decreases stress from disease, drought, hail, and heat, so your beans can focus on what matters most, better yields. Talk to your local rep about Preaxor fungicide and BASF plant health. Always read and follow label directions. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic herbicides from Atticus LLC. Tough broadleaf weeds are a hassle, but they're no match for Cavallo from Atticus. Cavallo delivers fast, contact, and residual control so your corn, soybean, and sorghum crops can thrive. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. Build with the best. When you choose Morton Buildings for your next farm storage building, you'll experience the Morton Advantage at every step, starting before the walls even go up. Since the value of our buildings is in its ability to protect what you have stored inside, we ensure that every component is researched and tested to withstand the elements in all weather conditions. And we back it up with the strongest warranty in the business. Looks better. Built stronger. Lasts longer. Learn more at MortonBuildings.com. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. Every farmer knows that in order to be profitable, you need to maximize the return on your crop input investments. Hi, I'm Scott Harms, an agrist specialist with Grain PhD. Without an effective and flexible strategy, your grain marketing plan gets stuck in the mud. With Grain PhD, you get the clarity and guidance a solid marketing plan needs. Our free GrainBridge software simplifies your cost-profit analysis, and our risk specialists are here to help you develop your plan. Sign up today at GrainPhD.com. A pasture should have two things, grass and cattle. No weeds, no brush. That's why Chaparral Herbicide offers the broadest spectrum weed control available. It controls weeds other products can miss, like buckbrush and Canada thistle. And less weeds and brush in your pastures means more forage, so you spend less on feed. Chaparral also suppresses seed heads, lessening the effects of fescue toxicosis, all while providing season-long residual control. Visit NoWeedsNoBrush.com today and learn more about Chaparral. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, but it won't be long, and we'll be outside just uh, about a mile down the road at the Ag PhD Field Day. Uh, one of the guys that will be there is Dan Loop because he farms over in Illinois. Dan, thanks for joining us today. Hey, glad to be here. All right, I know you had some challenges getting everything in this year, too. What's your crop looking like now? Oh, we had, I uh, heard. Uh, sure you've heard this story over and over but we had the worst spring we have ever had uh we uh we ended up with about 15 percent prevent plant on what we have uh i would say in our neighborhood it was it's probably in that you know anywhere from 10 to 50 percent probably um crop overall uh i would say most of my stuff i'm happy with it's just a lot of it is small yet because of the late planting uh a little on some wetter ground 
you know, we got some yellowing corn that we're actually going to put some, actually the sprayer's out there now. I mixed up an app of a bunch of different stuff to try to help it a little bit. But um, overall, the crop in this area is like a lot of places. It's extremely variable. Uh, uh, corn from six feet tall is probably the tallest to ankle high. And it might be across the roads, just when they were planted or ground conditions of when it could get get in. I did my beans first um, in April, and uh, those look pretty good. Uh, they look real good. Uh, the corn that was planted in early April, or not early April, uh, mid to late April, is I, the early corn is. Uh, it's pretty variable. There's some really good fields and some fields that uh, I wouldn't want to own. So. That's kind of what it looks like here. Hey, Dan, let me just ask you this question. You say you've got variable stuff, which we do, everybody does this year. Um, how are you going to treat that? In other words, we're going to go out pre-tassel here actually this week and spray some corn with fungicide, insecticide, foliar fertilizer, that kind of stuff. Are you going to spot spray acres? Are you going to spray whole fields? What are you going to do in those uneven kind of fields? Well, um, actually, my fields... The fields themselves are not real variable on, on my acres. It's just I have certain fields at certain stages. Gotcha. Uh, you know, by variable, I mean I have six-foot-tall corn, and I also have V5 sure, yeah, yeah. corn. So I won't have to do that kind of thing. There are some fields around here. I, I don't imagine people will try to spot spray with, you know, a fungicide nope. or that type of app. <laughs> you know, I imagine they're just going to spray the whole thing. But, yep. um what we are doing, like right now, on a kind of, it would have been the last planted, it would have been a farm we rented this year, and it's a wet farm. Probably been a, it was kind of a bad year to get a hold of this thing, but um, we're going out there right now with, uh, uh, oh, some uh, QLFs boost at molasses as a sugar to try to try to uh, get get the plant perked up, and um, we're using a 24-00 nitrogen uh on it also and some 318.18 and a few other things in the past just to try to get those those variable spots in that field perked up i guess you know from saturation get the get the roots kicked in gear because it is drying out now so at least they're not sitting in saturated soils but um that's how we're going to try to you know hopefully advance that field so <laughs> yep yep uh so dan today we're talking about the ag phd field day a little bit um, tell us just maybe anything that you have picked up at the field day or anything that you're going to talk about at, at the field day or any questions that you normally get here, just so people kind of have an idea what, what they can expect. Well, we usually, uh, uh, at the field day, uh, being I'm a, uh, a Netafim user with the drip, you know, we, I get quite a few questions about that when we're there and we usually... Um, one of the usually one of the learning sessions has something to do with that. So I get a lot about that. I get a lot about what nutrients we can run through it um, and and how I kind of manage that system. And then the other part is just kind of the high yield part, what we're you know what we're using and doing, um, what we're doing with micronutrients. and and by me being there, I learned just as much as anybody else. I mean, I learned. <laughs> from these other guys just as much as any guy does you know i always listen and uh try to 
try to remember certain things that are said and what what works for certain guys. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel too. Again, we've been talking to Dan Lopkus. He is going to be at the Ag PhD Field Day. He's one of our high yield growers who'll be speaking and showing you uh, his plot that he's got right here on our farm. Uh, Dan, thanks a lot for the time today. Sorry that things have been kind of tough out your way so far this year, but hopefully the rest of the year will go great. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thanks right. for having us. Yep, see you again soon. Got Dr. Jerry Willem on with us right now with AgriLiquid. He's one that's been to our farm a number of times and certainly to the Ag PhD Field Day, too. Jerry, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great, Darren. Uh, today's just one of those beautiful days, uh, sunny, low humidity, warm, and no wind. So it's been like this for a while. Yeah, you can get a lot done on a research farm at this at this kind of uh, condition. And, you know, we're trying to do stuff, though, through all these tough uh, – tough weather days that we've had and you've been doing this for years uh what do you do when the weather's just against you but you have all that work to get done well that's part of the problem things get backed up and backed up and backed up and then you got a million things to do in one day before it rains again and then i mean that's the way it's been for longest time we didn't work in the field two days in a row for you know weeks and it's a little bit better now but uh yeah, one thing we try to do is we're doing some tissue testing and we're trying to address some of those, uh, just like you were talking about earlier, address some of those deficiencies that, that you come across uh, at the time of side dress. I mean, people think a side dress is a time of just nitrogen, but, uh, you know, if your tissue test indicates something short, you know, potassium, boron, other micronutrients, I mean, you can put them in then. Uh, it's all... We talk about foliar, but really the best way to feed a plant, as far as I'm concerned, particularly when it's small, is through the root system. And, you know, foliars can maybe come in later, but getting it down into the root system with the taken up with the nitrogen is a good way of uh, managing some of this recovery. You know, for a lot of farmers, they they didn't get Plan A done for fertility <laughs> for obvious reasons. So, uh, like we were just talking with a, a great farmer in the state of Illinois, and he said, "I got to go out there and perk my crop up." Did you get a lot of those calls this year about how do you how do you perk things up in a bad situation? Oh, I I guess uh, you know I, I took I take some of those, and uh, really it's, it's it's kind of like uh, what, what we've been talking about is you know managing your, your nutrition certainly manage drainage or at least know where to, where to attack that, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, we're starting to see some insects now and, you know, manage some of those types of things so that, uh, you know, we've already had a big roadblock with uh, bad weather and excessive uh, wetness and everything. So let's try to eliminate some of the other roadblocks. You know, Jerry, what, what are the other things that you're going to be talking about at the Ag PhD Field Day and, and uh, that, that you're working on for this summer? I know you've got your own field days coming up in August as well. Well, you know, Darren, I kind of joke here, but, I mean, we've been uh, talking to you folks for years. You, you've actually used our fertilizer in, your, in part of your program for a number of years, and... Uh, and actually, all of the show plots on the whole ground, not just ours, actually have agroliquid fertilizer, ProGerm, and Calibrate, and those sorts of things. And yet, uh, so you'd think by now we'd have 100% market penetration, but <laughs> we, we, we don't. So we're not doing our job yet. So again, what we're going to try to do is explain that there is fertilizer technology. 
uh, people think, you know, there's equipment technology, chemical technology, you know, just like you were talking about earlier, you know, hybrids are really unique. Uh, really, you can, you can really customize hybrids for where your crop, where your farm is and that sort of thing. But you can do the same thing with fertilizer and the whole idea of fertility is to get that nutrient into the plant. And we have some unique technology that enables that to happen. And so it's our job to try to explain that to growers, not only explain it so that, so that they can realize, hey, there is something different about nutrients, and then take it a step further and say, okay, how can I fit this into my program? Uh, people think, well, I have to, it sounds complicated, and I have to use 100%. No, it can, this can be part of your program. So it's up to us as uh, people that, have worked for AgriLiquid for years that are selling this and researching it uh, to, to extend that uh, technology, and that, that's Ooh. our challenge. I'm going to use some of that technology coming up real soon, Jerry. I'm going to be using some MicroLink Boron. We'll have to talk about that coming up as well. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What if you could protect your soybean plants and reduce yield loss from white mold? Cobra herbicide can help you jumpstart the natural defenses in your soybean crop against the heavy yield loss white mold can cause. This season's wet weather, cool temperatures, high humidity, and moist soil are prime conditions for white mold. And Cobra is a cost-effective way for you to help protect your soybeans. Apply now to jumpstart your fight against white mold with Cobra Herbicide. Visit your local retailer today to learn more. Always read and follow label directions. You got in the field. Well done. That wasn't an easy task this year. Now give your corn everything it needs to get the job done this season. At Side Dress, adding agro liquid nutrients to your nitrogen can economically and efficiently boost potential. It's not too late to supply the nitrogen, potassium, sulfur, and boron your corn needs to reach top yields. We can help you develop a successful nutrition program for your corn. To learn more, visit agroliquid.com. Your independent spirit is more rewarding than ever before. Unlike incentive programs that require growers to purchase a particular seed brand or to bundle certain products, the FMC Freedom Pass program rewards you for making the best choices for your fields. You decide what's best for your operation, from pre-plant to harvest. Your retailer and FMC take care of the rest. It's really that simple. The exclusive agronomic rewards, performance assurances, application innovations, and product financing of the FMC Freedom Pass program make it easier to protect your crops and cash flow. That's what we mean when we say we give you more freedom in the field. You'll experience more control and confidence, too. Generics and imitators can't promise that. Visit your authorized FMC retailer or fmcfreedompass.com to calculate your potential financial incentive and learn more. Foliar sprays are only effective if you can get applied product into the plant. Nutex EDA is a micronutrient-based additive that delivers the foliar absorption boost you've been looking for. Nutex EDA supports rapid penetration and translocation of both nutrients and systemic crop protection within plants. Research trials have shown a 10 to 20% increase in nutrient absorption and higher tissue levels for a longer period, resulting in higher yields. Use Nutex EDA this season with all your foliar applications. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic pesticides from Atticus, LLC. Atticus offers a vast portfolio of branded generic fungicides, herbicides, and insecticides for row crops. Atticus puts grassroots experience and common sense logic to work to make product selection easier and on your terms. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. 
Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. Back and listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, giving you a little preview of the Ag PhD Field Day and what's coming up and some of the things that you're going to see. Yeah, there's so many things we got into to nutrients there just a little bit. And uh, as luck would have it, today is a day that we're actually applying some nutrients out there and trying to, to fill in any gaps. We've been doing plant tissue analysis throughout the season and uh, so, yeah, it's certainly fresh on my mind. Uh, but, you know, the other things that we're looking at, we're looking at crop protection things, too. And this year we've had a lot of calls and questions from different areas of the country that, oh, giant ragweed's really taken over in our area. Or, oh, mare's tail is worse than it's ever been. And certainly we're fighting weed resistance along the way, too. So we're looking at some of the new crop protection technologies, whether it's herbicides or fungicides or insecticides, to, to try to meet some of those needs and, and needs that are going to be coming here in the next few years. Happy to have Lynn Holmes with us right now with FMC. Thanks for joining us, Lynn. Hey, glad to be here. All right, so what uh, what do you have coming up at the Ag PhD Field Day? I know you've been talking about uh, new fungicides and, and other new products that are coming out. Uh, There's some of those things that farmers will be able to see. You bet. We have some exciting things coming up at the plot this year. Our theme this year is really surrounded around providing solutions, and that is across crops. Of course, in the Midwest, we're primarily corn and soybean growers here, but uh, focusing on the soybean herbicides we have uh, in the plot this year, um, our authority brands, and really what we're focusing on there is how we can meet the needs of growers through low use rates, through effective resistance management, uh, excellent crop safety, and residual control. So we're working to help that grower put more tools in his tool belt when it comes to managing weed, weeds and weed resistance in soybeans. Um, we've got uh, at least one uh, kind of secret out there that I'm, I'm not even going to reveal on the radio. We've got a, a new product that we're, we're going to showcase and uh, just kind of want to get everybody kind of thinking about coming out there to, to take a look at what we've got. It's a, uh, another product in our portfolio that's going to give growers uh, more residual in their soybeans. Regardless of what trait they have, they're going to be able to use this product and they're really going to see um, more residual bang for their buck. So that's kind of our uh, talking about soybeans. Uh, something else that we've got that growers are going to be kind of interested in taking a look at is that uh, we're, we've got an area where we're comparing different soybean traits and herbicide technologies. And it's kind of a mystery plot where growers can kind of come and see once, okay, uh, what happened here? Was this supposed to happen or was this a mistake? And kind of... Uh, Kind of like um, if anybody's ever been to an escape room, kind of figuring their way through the plot and, and finding out what went right and what went wrong. So um, that's kind of the herbicide. Now, we also, as you had mentioned, uh, we do have our new product, Lucento, that uh, we're going to be talking about. And we're excited about that product because it is um, a preventative and a curative and so we're going to go in and prevent those diseases, but then we're also part of that component of that product is a curative, which helps those crops that it goes on to become more productive. And so with that Lucenta, we're currently labeled on corn, soybeans, 
and sugar beets. And as we get to the north a little bit, that's that's kind of a crop up there that is uh, quite quite a few acres in, in some of the territories up there. Yeah, that's now, for sure. When we come around to our corn portion of it, we not only have um, our corn herbicide, the Anthem Max, and showcasing how that can really fit into growers' toolbox as far as herbicides for an early um, pre or an early post with that burn down in there. But we also have the root pit. And um, if you've been to the, our plot before, the root pit is a, a very exciting place because that's where we get to see what goes on underground. You know, so often we put all of this stuff on and, and we trust that everything's going well, but uh, we actually go in and, and take out a portion of the plot and we've got our Bob Hooten is going to be there and he is our in-furrow specialist and he's going to be showcasing what is going on with those roots and why it's so important to have those healthy roots. So as you know, uh, healthy roots helps establish uh, high production. So um, those are a few of the things we're going to talk about. And I'm not going to tell everything because, you know, you don't want to give away the whole show before it happens. Well, I'm with you on that, Lynn. I like having a few secrets that uh, that you get to see that day. Now, you did reveal one thing, though. Bob Hooten's going to be there. And I can tell you right now, he will be a very busy person. We get so many calls and questions that come in. Whenever Bob's on the show, it's, oh, hey, ask Bob about this bug or ask Bob about what's going on down here. So, yeah, he's he's a really fun guy and just a wealth of knowledge to talk about, or to talk to with uh, not not only what's going on below ground, but, but above ground, too. Hey, Lynn, thank yeah. you so much. Really yeah. appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing what you're doing here. I'm really excited about the root pit. I think we're going to see some cool things this year. And then the uh, the comparison of different trait packages and different herbicide responses. I, I can tell you this. It looks pretty neat, and it's going to answer a lot of questions that guys have had about what's going on here in this field or what's going on in this part of that field. I think we have most of those situations laid out here at the field day so, so everybody can see. So really, really appreciate uh, working with you. and look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you much. We're looking forward to it as well. You know, Brian, uh, Lynn, Lynn mentioned all the new technologies, and I think that's one of the big draws at the Ag PhD field is, hey, there's new products that are either coming out this year for the first time or coming out in the next year or two, and everybody gets a chance to look at it in crop to see, hey, what is it like? Is the safety really good? Is it really effective on the, the different weeds or diseases that we've got? And I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it's one thing to see stuff, and we have a lot to see. But I think it's just as, if not even more important, to listen to somebody talk about it while you're seeing it, too. So one of the things that we do every year is Darren and I will give you a guided tour through our research. And again, you'll have the chance to talk to farmers and industry people and sea plots. And I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of entertainment also for kids and for non-farm spouses. We're going to have an air show during the day. We've got free food throughout the day. So we just really encourage you to check out the Ag PhD Field Day. If you want more information, just go to agphd.com. We'd also love to have you pre-register. That helps us give us a little bit better idea on how many people to expect. The last three years, we've had about 10,000 farmers there from 
across the United States, Canada, and a number of other countries as well. Uh, so anyway, if we have at least some clue on who's showing up, uh, we make sure we have enough food for everybody and, and handouts and all that kind of thing. But anyway, it'll be a great time. Ag PhD Field Day, it's free. It's our way of saying thanks to you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV coming up on Thursday, July 25th. That's just two weeks from this Thursday, right on our farm just north of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And by the way, if you're not familiar with where that is, it's basically where Minnesota, Iowa, and South Dakota all meet. We are just inside the South Dakota border. That's where Sioux Falls is. It's the intersection of Interstate 90 and Interstate 29. And our farm is just about 10 miles north of Sioux Falls. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, uh, this one comes from Tired of Walking. Uh, sounds like somebody who's dealt with some weed issues over the years. Uh, while scouting during side dressing, I was able to locate patches of shatter cane, and I spent last week walking uh, around spraying some Accent Q yep. uh, in my conventional corn. I'm happy with control. Uh, as I've been told, Roundup was the only way to get it under control. What's your experience been with shatter cane control? Yeah, you know, when Accent and Beacon first came out, we actually thought Beacon was a little bit better than the Accent on shatter cane, and that was one of the big issues at the time. This is going back almost 30 years ago. Because at that time, all we had was conventional corn. Well, today, the vast majority of corn in the United States is tolerant to Roundup, and there's a lot that's tolerant to Liberty. So you've got two options there that are very good on shatter cane. Now, with Accent or Beacon, what I would tell you is the shatter cane's got to be small. One of the problems with shatter cane is it can grow pretty fast. It's most common in some of the hotter environments, which also, of course, speeds the growth when you have heat. So, yeah, if you can spray it when it's small, Accent is not too bad. But, again, I, I do think Beacon might be just a hair better. I got a couple of comments here from Dumed. He said, uh, really appreciated your explanation of cover crops. Uh, glad to hear you talk about that. And also, uh, really liked hearing about that new Pentair Hypro Force Field pump that you talked about in an Iron Talk segment. Good to see innovation in areas we take for granted. Hey, thanks for those comments. Really appreciate it. We'll get back to more of your calls and questions right after this. Your grain bin fans can cost you a lot. High electric bills from running when conditions are not ideal, shrinkage from overdried grain, and spoiled grain all take money out of your pocket. With the Steps GMS app temperature humidity switch, get your bin fans to start making you money. Only run vans when the conditions are right. Eliminate shrink and spoilage in your bins. Deliver grain in top condition at market moisture. When every dollar counts, you need Steps GMS. Contact us today at stepsgms.com. As your corn crop grows and the ear begins to form, potassium is at a high demand, almost as high as nitrogen. The same is true for soybeans with similar high demands of potassium during pod fill. Don't fall behind and ensure your crop is getting its potassium with Catalyst. Catalyst by Actigrow has been shown to be the best at entering the leaf when compared to other leading potassium products. Visit k-supercharged.com for more information. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. 
Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. What if you could protect your soybean plants and reduce yield loss from white mold? Cobra Herbicide can help you jumpstart the natural defenses in your soybean crop against the heavy yield loss white mold can cause. This season's wet weather, cool temperatures, high humidity, and moist soil are prime conditions for white mold. And Cobra is a cost-effective way for you to help protect your soybeans. Apply now to jumpstart your fight against white mold with Cobra Herbicide. Visit your local retailer today to learn more. Always read and follow label directions. Hey, Bill, any advice to control tough weeds and rootworms? That's easy, Jim. Buy two, save three. Wait, for weeds and rootworms? Buy two, save three. Combine your Impact or new Impact Z herbicide purchase with a qualifying insecticide and save $3 per acre. Buy two, save three. That is good advice. For details, go to buy2save3.com. Impact, Impact Z, and buy two, save three are trademarks owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're a rancher who's obsessed with keeping your pastures clear, turn to Grace on Next Herbicide. It offers superior broadleaf weed control, so instead of thinking about weeds, you can think about the money you'll save growing more grass and buying less feed. Used early in the season, Graze on Next also provides residual activity that controls newly emerged weed seedlings, giving you season-long control. Start enhancing your land while you protect it. Visit leavetheweedstoss.com to learn more about Graze on Next. Always read and follow label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Taking your calls and questions throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Brian had a question from Trent in southwest Missouri. He said, I've got a field of oats that I plan to combine for uh, feed or seed and bale off the straw, but I've got Johnson grass. If I did a pre-harvest burn down, how much do you think I would hurt the quality of my seed? You just don't want to do it. It'll tell you right on the label of Roundup, for example, that if you do a pre-harvest burn down, odds are you're going to hurt germination. So unfortunately, you just can't do it with when it's seed. Now, when it's regular crop, you're just, you just have it for grain. That's a different deal. So that's part of it too. Maybe you're only going to take a few of those acres for seed. Those acres you, you don't spray. And honestly, the way I would look at this is, let's just say I had 300 acres, for example, and I've got 200 that are terrible with Johnson grass, I got another 100 that aren't so bad. Well, somewhere in that 100 that isn't so bad, that's where I'd take my seed. Now, the other thing is you got to keep in mind, usually they can clean most everything out if you go to a good cleaner. Uh, so when they clean that oats, they hopefully can take out any Johnson grass seed. But I understand what you're worried about is the seed ending up on the ground and creating a problem again for next year, especially when Johnson grass is a perennial. There is a lot of it that's resistant to Roundup now, so you do have to be concerned. So what I would probably do is plant some crop in there next year that has tolerance to Liberty, so I could spray Liberty on it next year along with Roundup would be nice. So I had both things, two modes of action, then I can for sure get it under control. But anyway, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough spot. 
Yep, yep, you sure are. Well, good luck, uh, good luck with that Johnson grass and uh, and with your oak crop too. Uh, to get back to the phone lines here, got another just fantastic farmer that that you can see at the Ag PhD Field Day. It's Kevin Cobb. He farms over in Indiana. Kevin, how you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. We're doing lots better than we have been all spring when we battled to get the crop in. I know you guys have had a tough challenge over there too. Yeah, it's been no joy for anybody, I don't think, in the in the Midwest. So, I mean, when you have a year like that, uh, all the plans kind of get thrown out the window a little bit, and you got to just scrap and try and get stuff in. So, farmers ask all the time, "Okay, I know these guys that are getting high yields. They got to be really fussy about how they do things." Uh, how does that impact you on this year? Because I'm sure some of these conditions weren't exactly ideal when you had to be out there. Well. Part of our problem was we did kind of wait for the perfect growing conditions, and we missed uh, the only early window we had from April and May, so we really didn't get a whole lot planted in April and May. But, you know, it, it still goes back to the rule of thumb, you know, plant when the conditions are right. Um, yeah, we did push the envelope here toward the, the end, but if we're wanting to achieve maximum yields, you know, it's, soil conditions still got to be primed can't push it can't plant wet you know what are you watching for on your planter that tells you you know i'm doing things good is it is it uh, ground contact or or what what do you what is number one for you um ground contact yes um since we went to a full precision planter um it takes a a lot of the guessing out uh anymore of how to set your planter with down pressure um, and I found out in some wet soils that the, the Delta Force uh, kind of lifts up on them row units and makes the planter a little heavier to pull through mud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, kind of something we found out this year. But, you know, um, ground contact's the most important. You know, we got to strive for that even emergence. You know, when, when you look at... Um what you're doing with yields it's really impressive and and you've got some tough things that you've got to fight through too and everybody i mean i bet you just get tons of questions all the time about what does it take to get high yields and do you find anybody that's not disappointed when you tell them well it's not that simple there's a whole lot that goes into this well i think they still think you know it's a one or a two pass job you know that we that we do but you know, as the fellow, the other fellow guys chasing high yields will say, you know, it's, you know, I've not found a program yet where we can make two passes um, and get everything down what we need. Because just like this year, we've been extremely wet, um, you know, going back on our old tissue samples. Um, it's throwing a curveball for us. You know, now we're we're kind of in uncharted territory. We're trying to chase things that we normally don't have to to chase on a nutrient level so um, I mean that's what's neat about this every year you got something different and you learn different stuff about your soil and your mi micro uh, biology in your soil and how different fertilizers react to it. You know, one of the fun things at the Ag PhD Field Day has been listening to you and some of these other guys that are shooting for the high yields compare some notes. And uh, it's interesting to me that everybody's trying some different things. And, and that's kind of fun, too. Do you, do you, you know, see the other guys doing different things? And are you picking stuff up at the field day that you're bringing home? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I just see David there. Um, you know, he wants his pH a little bit uh 
stronger, uh, a little lower than what we do. And, uh, you know, we've, we're playing with that a little bit, uh, trying to drive our pH and our soil down a little bit. Um, I'm not having the results he has yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nobody is, uh, so don't, don't feel bad about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I mean, it's just neat. You know, I mean, you just see different things, you know, from a different perspective, you know, um, you know, anybody sits there and thinks they know it all. I think they're, um, they're wrong because, you know, these, everybody's that's on your panel there grows tremendous corn and, and, uh, there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of the same and a lot of different ways or avenues that we all get to it. Yeah, that's for sure. There, there's certainly a lot to learn. And, you know, the other thing cool this year is just going to be getting a good crop report coming across the country as you head towards the field day. I'm kind of curious to talk to you about that to see uh, what it is between here and Indiana because uh, I know what it's like in this geography. And uh, <laughs> we, aren't, we aren't bragging this year, that's for sure. But, <laughs> but stuff doesn't look too bad on the farm. So really, really excited for you to see it. been talking with Kevin Cobb here. He farms in Indiana. I know a lot of you are familiar with, with what Kevin does and you, you catch him on TV and whatnot. But another place you can see Kevin is at the Ag PhD Field Day. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. I appreciate being on there. You guys take care. You bet. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, it's fun talking to all these guys that that are just working so hard trying to get trying to get the top yields and also trying to make money doing it. And that's that's the one thing that I've picked up too, Brian. A lot of guys will say, "Well, they're shooting for yield and they're they're not paying attention to how much they spend." No, these guys are farming for a living. Yeah, they're but, trying to make money. But by the same token, at least on a small scale, you got to try new stuff even if it may not make economic sense when you do it. You learn something by doing it and trying different rates, just different combinations and every once in a while you go, "Oh, wow." That, whatever I did there was great. And then you try it again another year. And if it if it also turns out great, you go, yeah, this is something we got to do in the whole farm. That's what we do as well. So we talk about it all the time here. You've got to do some experiments and try some crazy things. You never know what you're going to learn. Well, like you said, uh, how David Hewlett likes the soil pH a little bit lower than some of the other guys. And he's done that at the Ag PhD Field Day now the last couple of years just to show what well, the difference last is. Year. It's been, last year. He's doing it this year, too. It's yeah. it's kind of neat just watching where micronutrient levels are and, and nutrient uptake. It's I don't know. There's lots of things to pick up. I want to jump back into the mailbag, though, here for a second. Or did you want to talk more about Field Day? Nope. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I got a question. This is from Central Minnesota. And he says, what are your thoughts about taking plant tissue samples uh, in this situation, my crop's been borderline waterlogged the entire season, and we thought the results might not be accurate enough yeah. until we dry out a little bit. Well, I, I don't know that it's going to be accurate, or, or I don't I don't know if accurate's the word. It, the results will be accurate. It's just, is it going to be representative of what you're going to have in the future? Because let's say you put drain tile in and you fix your drainage problem. Well, now your, your crop hopefully isn't going to be very waterlogged moving forward, and you got to think about a waterlogged crop means you have dead roots, you have short roots, you have roots that are near the soil surface. It's just not, hopefully, what you're normally going to have moving forward. So, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's not accurate. I would just say it's not very representative. So, therefore, I, I, may, I may go away from it. Now, it's up to you if you still want to do it. But let's put it this way. You're probably going to have some spots on your farm that are fine. And those are the spots you want to test for now and, you know, so you learn something for the future. Because at least on those good spots, 
hey, maybe you are short on a particular nutrient. The good spots could have been that much better if you would have done something different. And that's what we want to learn. Hey, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. And good luck with your, uh, your wet conditions. Hopefully it dries out for you soon. Had a fun time today talking about the Ag PhD Field Day. Of course, you can pre-register and find all the details at agphd.com. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.